So I spoke a few weeks ago when we had our federal election and I spoke about the Greens and I said how I thought they were uh, well, dangerous, uh, I thought they're ideological, uh, driven by ideology, I think they are radical in their mindset and they're not at all interested in a Christian worldview. So it came as a fair bit of a surprise to me when I agreed with comments made by their now former Victorian state convener. What, what came as a surprise really was the fact that I agreed with them, the comments that she made or had written a few years ago that have only just come to light, but they were logical, they were coherent, they were scientific um, common sense and based in historical precinct. Um, and because of all of that, naturally, the Greens had her removed from her position. So there you go. Uh, is that a surprise? Probably not. Hey, my name's Steve and welcome to Christianity Out Loud and this week's weekly word. So thank you for watching. Uh, thank you for tuning in, wherever you may be doing that. Uh, before I go on, uh, go and check out the website. That's christianityoutloud.com.au. <clears throat> it's got uh, links to all sorts of things. It's got information about little old me. Uh, it's got a link to the book. You can go and buy that. Bread of Life, The Simple Gospel. Um, it's got links to some merchandise, it's got links to audio, podcast, video, all the social media that you can join my conversation on, as well as there is a link to support me and the channel if, if you so desire to do so. So that's christianityoutloud.com.au. All right, let's dive into this week. And I'm quoting from one of my favourite journalistic publications, being The Guardian. So, here we go. Quote. The leader of the Victorian Greens has ousted the party's controversial state convener, controversial, after successfully applying to have her recent election results set aside. Now that in itself is interesting, but I'll come back to that. Linda Gale, a senior industrial officer at the National Tertiary Education Union, was elected last Saturday to fill a casual vacancy as the state convener of the Victorian Greens, despite, see, that's, love the Guardian, despite co-authoring a 2019 paper that had been labelled transphobic. And I'm putting the inverted commas in visually because the inverted commas are in the article. Which should straight away inform you that the paper was in no way transphobic. Can't be. If we use inverted commas, as these activist types so often do, then we know it is a subjective uh, point of view and it is an opinion not necessarily, not not at all really a factual statement. 
So obviously Linda Gale. She may be many things. I know nothing about her, but it is quite clear and obvious from this particular news article that she is not transphobic, meaning any rational fear of a group of people. <sighs> Quoting. The three-page paper, quoting from The Guardian still, the three-page paper made statements such as, now it's quoting from um, uh, the paper, 2019 paper, feminists fought and continue to fight very hard for freedom from male violence and for, speci and for specific rights for women, reproductive and maternity rights, privacy rights, equality with the male sex in public life, bracket, education, workplace, politics, sport, etc., and bracket, specific healthcare issues, and so on. If woman is a category predicated entirely on a person's subjective self-identification rather than an objective identifiable fact such as biology, what are the policy and practical implications for these hard-won sex-segregated spaces or sex-specific affirmative Actions. Back to the Guardian article. Gail said that the reaction to her appointment showed that there was no way for progressives to seriously debate the intersectionality between trans rights and women's rights. And she is then quoted as saying, at the moment it seems any attempt to do that is being decreed as far-right fundamentalism. She said. Now, some of that, some of the premise of this article, uh, written incidentally 2019, so going on three years ago, some of that I would disagree with, both in premise and in part. Uh, workplace equality. Very much depends on what you mean. If you mean that everybody has an equal opportunity to explore career paths that are of interest to them, then I agree. Perfectly fine. Uh, making up arbitrary diversity quotas in the name of equality and enforcing those upon businesses and workplaces, I think that's rubbish and I disagree entirely. I'm still firmly of the belief that I really don't care who you are. If you're the most qualified and the most suitable for the job, the job is yours. The end. That shouldn't matter. Okay? So just employ on merit. It's pretty simple. Okay? Um, and equal rights under the law, well, I mean, that's a given. Uh, that shouldn't, shouldn't even really need mentioning. But the part I particularly agreed with, I found it very interesting that this came from uh, a leader in the Greens, which is obviously why she was removed. This I'll quote this again. If woman is a category predicated entirely on a person's subjective self-identification rather than an objective identifiable fact such as biology, what are the policy and practical implications for these hard-won sex-segregated spaces or sex-affirmative, sex-specific affirmative Actions, sorry, just speeding through the quote. I mean, that is a reasonable question that is based on logic, 
it's coherent, it's arguing an objective perspective like a biology or science, and to me that question is raising issues that should be common sense. And naturally the Greens don't exist in the world of logic, coherence, science and common sense, so they removed her. Now think about it. How long have women fought figuratively? Figuratively. Go back 150 years and look at suffragettes and whatnot. That aside, figuratively, how long have they figuratively fought for, say, professional sporting leagues? Yeah? So now all Roger Federer needs to do is identify as a woman and he can go on winning Grand Slam tournaments for as long as he wants to turn up. Shouldn't women alone be allowed in women's bathrooms? In women's change rooms? Simple things, right? Simple, simple things. These, among many issues, have been fought for at a social, a cultural, a political level for over 100 years. And yet, within... A short amount of time, these women's rights are just eroded under the guise of trans rights. Now, I think it's a perfectly reasonable question, and I'd love to hear a perfectly reasonable answer. What happens at the intersection between women's rights and trans rights. What happens at that intersection? Can somebody give me a coherent, logical answer? We're not going to get one from the Greens because they just, they just remove people who think like that. So I was very pleased to see FINA, which is Swimming's international governing body. Don't ask me what FINA stands for. I did look it up, but I've forgotten, so I apologise. But I was very pleased to see them take, my opinion, sensible measures to ensure the integrity of women's competition. And, of course, it drew the predictable type of criticism. Quoting from another article here, uh, and as always, all these links and articles that I'm quoting from uh, will be linked uh, in the pinned section at the bottom here, whatever you call that. Um, where is it? There are. The policy also drew criticism from FINA Medical Committee member David Gerard from New Zealand to ask or expect an 11 or 12 year old boy. To make a decision that will affect the rest of his life is a big ask, said Gerard. Ah, uh, yeah, that's the point, David Gerard. The point is that is unreasonable. That is exactly the point. I'm glad you came to that conclusion. I think it's perfectly reasonable to expect an 11 or 12 year old boy to transition into an adult male. 
and then go and compete against other adult males. That's perfectly reasonable. It's not perfectly reasonable. In fact, I would say it is absolutely unreasonable to expect or to force an 11 or 12-year-old boy to transition into anything other than an adult male. That's called growing up. That's what happens. Boys become men. Okay? And the reason he stated that was because the exact ruling or law or wording of the document escapes me. But the only way a trans female could compete against females is if they had not yet gone through puberty. Okay, so that would mean a transitional process must have commenced puberty blockers, etc., before the age of about 10, 11, 12. That's the uproar from this uh, Mr. David Gerard. But it's not just swimming. I was actually very pleased to read that Rugby League has taken a very similar approach. And again, the links are all down in the description below this. I mean, I, I, I get very tired of this sort of discussion. You know, I, I really do. Um, it, it, it's just, it's mad that what has been reality since pick your worldview, since creation, or since the evolutionary process, you know, brought us up onto two legs and speaking, pick your worldview. Obviously, I'm a creationist, so since creation, but whatever, doesn't matter. Pick your worldview. From the beginning of time, men have been men, women have been women. Your gender is determined at conception and it's based on genetics and biology. You're not assigned it at birth. The doctor doesn't pull you out and go, well, congratulations. Oh, I've got three boy stickers left, so we'll whack boy sticker on. There you go, you've got a boy. That's not how it works. You can't change it. You are what you are. You cannot change it. The terms sex and gender are interchangeable. I mean, there was a nice little lay on words by the postmodernists trying to separate them. And, you know, I can understand that, but no, not when this much liberty has been taken, so that you don't get that. They're no longer interchangeable. And anybody under the age of 18 should not be permitted or encouraged, but should not be permitted to undergo any sort of transitionary treatment, medical or surgical. Call me controversial. That's the opinion. You know, what we actually need to do is stop celebrating mental illness. And I don't say that with any degree of you know, pleasure or joy. Mental illness is a terrible thing. Mental illness can manifest itself 
many different ways. Okay? But why is it that for every other mental illness, illness we treat the mind? You know, what we don't do is tell everybody who is, oh, I don't know, bipolar, that, yeah, they are absolutely the worst person in the world and they should go and find a bridge. We don't tell them that. Okay? We don't tell anybody with, you know, these sort of rarer personality disorders. We don't tell anybody, that we don't tell the, those people that suffer that, that, yeah, the, the voices in the radio really are talking to you and it, it's a good idea to go and, I don't know, shoot up that shopping centre. We don't do that. What do we do? We treat the mind. And that's another issue is the, the mass medication of children these days. And that's another conversation. But we treat it through a combination of you know, psychology, psychiatry, therapy. Sometimes that will involve medicinal treatment as well. But what we do for every other mental condition is we treat the mind. Why is it that for gender dysphoria we treat the body? We know that that does not work. We know that statistically that makes no difference. Why do we treat the body as if the mind is correct? You know, so about some scripture. So I went to Romans, Romans 8, that would be 5 to 11 for those of you reading on at home. So for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, be strongly worded. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, don't take that as suggesting that people who may be suffering these sorts of conditions that God is going to smite them. It is where is their mind? Where is the focus of their mind? You, however, are not in the flesh but in the spirit. In fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Where is our mind? Where is our mind? Okay. Where's the mind? Yeah, the mind is not always correct. Yeah, and sometimes the heart is not always correct. The heart is always deceitful. Scripture that's uh, worded like that as well. But where is the mind? Yeah, we need to stop celebrating these conditions of the mind. We really do.
and we need to accept that there is an objective reality. Okay? If people don't want to fit within that objective reality, then that's different. That's different. That is something that they have elected to do. If you as an adult want to do whatever you like to your body, I won't agree with it, but it's a free country. You can do what you want. Um, but there is no way we should be enforcing that on children. And to my mind, there should be no way that we are celebrating these sorts of conditions. It does no disservice, sorry, it does a disservice to everyone. Okay, we are humouring no one. Okay. And on that note of scripture, until next week. God bless.